we got the alternative energy free autonomy and welcome to the radioactive show produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the community radio network today's show has been produced by Fakaropo in Littleton in Aotearoa New Zealand i'd like to give respect to the mana whenua of these lands i'm emma crunch in this radioactive show, we bring you some highlights of our 2019 shows. Regular listeners will probably have realised that our radioactive show team are spread out, living in Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne, Onunga, Kona, Wurundjeri and Brunwaran countries, and myself this year in Ōtutahi, also known as Christchurch. This allows us to reach many people and stories, being involved in different yet linked struggles. I hope you've enjoyed the breadth of content from our shows this year. Today, each Rad Show producer has chosen a show to share a clip from. We'll start with my clip from Aotearoa, where I'm learning about the Treaty of Waitangi from the perspective of a Pākehā, or white settler, organiser. Following this, we'll hear Lavanya's introduction and recording from the Yaliri Solidarity Camp. Hi there, Radioactive Show listeners. Emma Crunch here, speaking from Whakaropo. I'm sharing a clip with you from a show interviewing Catherine Peat, who's a long-term Pākehā or European settler organiser with a group here called Network Waitangi. We're discussing the Treaty of Waitangi, signed between Māori chiefs of many but not all hapu or family groups in Aotearoa and the crown in 1840. And also that despite the generosity of that treaty, um, I agree with you, it's, you know, there was no obligation for Māori to actually offer to share the no. country. Um, and yet even that was fairly soon after the signing, it wasn't, it wasn't honoured oh, by the no, settler government. it was terrible, you know, mm. just absolutely terrible. In 1852, there was actually a constitution brought in by the settler government to override it, mm. you know. And and in 1877, it was actually declared a legal nullity. I mean, mm. that's what the justice system, so-called, got up to. And there were people who were not Māori, Pākehā people, who we call them, who we, if they're of European descent, um, there were people who said, that is not British justice. There were people who were indignant. Um, and so there's been a tradition of people standing up for the justice issues. They haven't been successful, um, but the the uh, Chancellor of the University of Canterbury at one stage paid for himself to go up to Parliament and say, this is not right. So there have been people who've tried and failed mm. to honour that, that early relationship that was established. And I'm not trying to be um, over-emphasising of that fact, but I think it's important when you're doing this work in any country to feel that you're part of a, a, a tradition of, of, of a message of justice. And you would refer to yourself as a tangata tariti? Yes, in some places. Okay. <laughs> um, um, I'm wondering about... Um, the treaty and how it places non-Maori people in Aotearoa um, mm. and how you see your position or explain what the Tangata Tariti would suggest and also perhaps what obligations or 
um, what responsibility you see uh, as having and how that motivates the work you've been doing with Network Waitangi. Um, in terms of my understanding of tangata tiriti, it's a it's a it's an expression that came from um, Sir Eddie Dury, as as far as I know, that was where it came from. He was asked by a person of Chinese descent um, what he would, how he would name himself uh, in this country when he he heard the person speaking only talking about tangata whenua and everyone else. Mm. And um, tangata whenua is the Māori word for the indigenous people in this country. Māori mm. was actually a word that um, we understand came from the, the visit of, of Captain Cook, and he had a, I think, Tahitian navigator on board um, whose language was able to enable communication. And, and that business of being able to say, well, who are you? And they say, well, we're just the normal folks around here, just the ordinary people around here. Mm. Uh, and the word for normal or ordinary in today is Māori. So mm. that Captain Cook gave it a capital M. But anyway, they, Sir Eddie Dury had referred to himself during this address as tangata whenua, people of the land. And so this Chinese person who'd been here for some time said, well, I feel I belong. And he said, well, but you're tangata tiriti. And the reason he used that term was that he said that if the treaty is honoured, then people who are not Māori can feel they belong here. Mm. And so this is where the language of tangata tiriti came. And I think it's an important thing for people who are living here, who feel as if this is their place, that they do have a way of talking about that without stomping on the status of Māori as tangata whenua, as the indigenous people of this place. Mm. So it isn't, it isn't meant to be a competitive thing at all. It's meant to be an, a, a de- declaration of being an ally, really, mm-hmm. to, turning the, to living in this country honourably. And that, I think, is what the treaty means to me. Mm. That if we can bring this this treaty into um, um, profile and and start to honour it properly, then those of us who are not Māori can can work within that framework and have a, a proper relationship with the indigenous people, which is more respectful mm. than it has been in the past. Radioactive show listeners, this is Lavanya, and this has been my first year presenting on the show and at 3CR. One of the highlights of 2019 was definitely going to Uliri in WA on a solidarity camp with Jirwa women in their fight with Kamiko's uranium mine. On this trip, we had many fireside chats, and also on this trip was Sue Coleman Hasseldine, Gugatha woman and nuclear test survivor, who visited us all the way from Seduna in South Australia. I want to share with you one of these very special chats where she speaks to us of her country and experiences. Just a a story of where I come from, that's all. Um, Like I was born on the Kuniba Mission in 1951. And a couple of years later the bombing started. 
bomb test started. But growing up on the mission has been really good for me because it instilled my culture in me with my Aboriginal people. Running away from welfare with the old grandmothers because my mother and her generation were not allowed to speak English, but they forgot the grandparents, the missionaries and all over. The grandparents had us at the back teaching us the culture and the language. And we'd go out for days just walking around through the scrub, living off the land until welfare left again. And then we'd come back onto the mission. But we didn't know. I think the old people knew because they used to talk about a Nullarbor dust storm, which was actually the fallout coming in, the wind bringing the fallout in. We didn't know. It was just, to us, it was a Nullarbor dust storm, but the oldies were trying to get all the kids in the house. And, you know, growing up, we still didn't know anything about uranium. The fallout, we were all pretty ignorant. The old people knew whatever was coming was poison, but that was about it. And, um, yeah, then I had thyroid problems. I had my family and had thyroid problems. And that's removed now, but that's when I started to wonder, how did I get this, this cancerous thyroid? And then I started to find out through... I started with Anfa, like I said going and listening and learning from there. And then, oh, I was devastated when I learnt that because I was teaching my kids the culture and living off the land and possibly the food was contaminated anyway. But um, the doctor, who really put me right with a lot of things, he said, you can't do anything but just keep going. Just keep teaching your kids how to survive in the bush. And It was pretty scary stuff to think I was feeding them uranium. But... They, they're all growing up, and now I'm teaching the grannies and the great-grannies. In Tanita, sir? Yeah, my gra- uh, one of my granddaughters, she she got her thyroids out at 15, which was very rare anyway, but um, yeah, she's got none now. And throughout the years, we've, we've witnessed stillbirths, defect births. It's like the, the um, Maralinga bomb was still coming down still with us. I hope none of you ever hold a baby in your arms that's so defected they can't live. (laughs) That's a real sore point. But, you know, just where where I'm coming from is that watching all of this going on and watching our sacred places getting ruined and wrecked, that's made me actually stronger. But you just don't get over little babies. Just, just can't get past it. All the stillbirths, that, and it's not just my family. It's a lot of people around Sejuna. There's cancers that are just running right, right throughout our community. And my old auntie, she said to me that um, we never ever had this minga, this cancer, before that bomb. So, so that, you know, we all understand that all the cancers of, and the heart, heart troubles, especially with the young fellows. My son's a 45 years old and he had triple heart bypass. And then I found out that the radiation poisoning can affect the heart as well. It's been a long, long trip to find out everything that's going on. But every time, it's still, I'm still learning. So when I can come, ask me to go and help with them, I jumped at it. Because anything to get the word out that we are still getting poisoned today. It's not stopped, you know, it's coming down through our genes into the kids, into the grandchildren. 
and we'll just keep fighting, I guess. And then when the other places had trouble with the waste dump, I went up to Cooper Pedy with the Kungujura, went to Makati and Arts Range with them. Now I'm here trying to just support, not speaking on behalf of anybody else's country, but here with Sister Lizzie and Vicky and just being with them to let them know that they're not on their own, like I thought I was too, until I started going to ANFA. And through ICANN I found out that we weren't on our own in Australia, in the Kazakhstan, Marshall Islands, and, you know, in Japan. America, Japan, went to Japan and just finding out so much horrible stuff but just making us stronger to keep fighting against it because we don't want our kids to grow up with, you know, with a waste dump hanging over their heads or or a nuclear war going on around everybody because anything to do with uranium and nuclear, there's no winners. Everybody loses. So I suppose that's me, everybody. That's good. That's enough. Thank you. You're tuned to the Radioactive Show, sharing some powerful clips from 2019 in our last show for the year. Just now, we heard Lavanya's recording of Auntie Sue Coleman Hasseldine at the Yaliri Solidarity Camp. Later in the show, we'll be hearing K.A.'s clip about the ACF award won by three strong Drua women who have been at the core of the fight to protect Yaliri. Next up, we'll hear a brief clip of Michaela's iMark show, featuring Uncle Ned Hargrave from Uendamu, recorded at an event held in the lead-up to the iMark protest. Following will be Mara's interview with Regina McKenzie on just hearing the news that her sacred country near the Flinders Ranges is off the list of proposed federal nuclear waste dump sites. Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show. I'm Michaela Stubbs and today we'll be hearing from First Nations frontline communities on the struggles against mining and resource extraction. From the 28th to the 31st of October, the International Mining and Resource Conference, or IMARC, was held at the Melbourne Convention Centre on the banks of Birrarung in Southbank, Melbourne. An alliance of organisations campaigning on mining issues joined forces for Blockade IMARC and set out to stop the IMARC conference. First up, Uncle Ned Hargraves. He is a Wolpri man and he travelled from Yundamu in the Northern Territory. In Angoro, I Chokorpa, Angoro, it comes first. When I say Chokorpa, it means dreaming. Dreaming. When I say law, when I say Kurowar, meaning law. It's all because of money. Brothers and sisters today, who are standing with us today, I want to say thank you. Because you are looking at the life of our human beings. Our brother here talked about us, talked about a lot of the things that happened there. It is similar. It is the same thing that what government are doing. They want the land, they want everything in that land. 
I'm just going to share something with you and some of the areas where the uh, uraniums uh, where they put and also we have a I want to share something with you about about my jogurba and what that jogurba is cutting off because they want to drill, they want to put pipelines which they don't have a clue what it means. It is so extremely important to us. Chukorba, Uruwan. I'm happy um, that the West Island's not going to come here to the Flinders Range, Bandiuda or Wallabadina. But there's a part of me that's also sad about um, Kimba. And I know exactly the same. Uh, I know the, the heartache and the hurt that they're feeling and the stress that they're feeling. I'd like to give a message to the Minister, to, um, to Minister Matt Canavan. Um, I believe that from the start, this whole consultation of the waste dump has been flawed. Uh, they didn't take into consideration the traditional owners. And here in the Flinders Range, they didn't even take into consideration of the pastoralists. They talked at us, not to us. The thing that I'd like to pass off to any government, whether it be a Liberal government, Labor government or whatever, you know, when you come to people with issues such as a nuclear waste dump, don't talk at the people, talk to the people. Yes, the, the, the contempt that they treated the uh, argument, especially Atla, was shameful. Absolutely. It was, um, you know, and the, the gaslighting from within the government workers was disgusting. Um, the total disrespect that was shown to the people who said no. Yeah, the disrespect was, it was disgusting. The, it's the mental well-being of the people of the areas. Yeah. You know, not just us guys that say no, but the people who say who said yes, especially here in the Flinders Ranges. You know, everybody has their right to what they believe in. You know, I don't, I don't disrespect the people who said yes because that was their right mm. to say yes. But you know, it was my right to say no as well. Absolutely. What I'd like to see next is that they stop the whole consultation of this thing. Yeah. They take it back to the drawing board, and they work out a better way. I know that they say that they need a place. I know that they say that thing. But is they are not looking for a home for low-level waste dump. They are looking for a home for the intermediate waste. That is what they are looking for. And they're trying to get it in somewhere. You know, I've got a lot of respect for the people who fought with us. We could not have done this without the help that we have got. You know? And I'd like to say to everybody, all the people who who supported us in this fight. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'll thank you on behalf of the Yatta that you'd all help save. You know, it's it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot to just say, hey, let's look at it a different way. Save a lot of money, it would. Mm. You know, the amount of money that they've put into this flawed process is disgusting. And you know, they should be account held accountable for that. Yeah, absolutely. They should be held accountable for the amount of money that they've wasted on a flawed process. Yeah.
Yeah. What they've done, what they've done to Kimber is disgusting. Mm. What they've done to Hawker and Quorn is disgusting. You know, there might be irre- irreversible damage. Yeah. You know what I mean? There might, there are relationships that will never ever be the same again. You know, that's the thing that this government is guilty of: mm. tearing apart families, tearing apart small regional towns. Yeah. And That's what they're guilty of. Thank you so much for um, talking to us, especially since we only just got the result about the ballot yesterday. And today we found out that Walla Bedina in the Flinders Ranges is off the list. Off yep. the list. And, it's really good news. Hopefully, hopefully Kimber will come off the list as well. It will. It will. They do yep. not have the support there that the government needs. Shirley Wanyabong, Elizabeth Wanyabong and Vicky Abdallah were awarded the Rawlinson Award this year in recognition of their nearly 50-year-long campaign to protect their country and culture from a proposed uranium mine at Illyri in what's better known as the Northern Goldfields region of Western Australia. They have been acknowledged for their tireless work speaking up for country and culture from uranium projects. Over the decades, they have seen off at least three mining companies, including BHP, and have given strength and courage to their own community and many others. As we all know, the pressure on traditional owners, First Nations people, and communities here in Australia and all over the world to agree with mining is enormous. It is also well known that it is First Nations communities who feel the real impacts of resource and extraction projects the most. They are often the last heard by the governments, but the first to be affected by the policies. These and the three women have shown incredible courage and determination speaking up for their country and culture from uranium projects. I start by asking Vicky about the award and how she felt being in Melbourne to accept it. Um, myself and my two aunties, um, Annie Shirley and Annie Lizzie, one of the founders of the award rang me about a month ago. Um, you she told me, rang me, and yeah, and I sort of never um, clicked in a little bit until um, the night of the award. So we had a lot of support from ACF. Well, I'm still getting over it. <laughs> never sort of adjusted it what what it's about, but um, I had um, a lot of people telling me about it, and yeah, so it's really good. Um, the emotions of of I was feeling of. I was really nervous, and I usually um, have my um, a piece of paper what I was going to um, talk about it, and you know, saying thank you. But I was sort of stuck for words, and I, yes, yeah. It, but it's really, it was really good to have one of the aunties over with us, um, Annie Shirley, to come over to accept the award too. Well, she's one of our elders who who who's fought so strong. Um, throughout our campaign, um, fighting this industry for nearly over 40 years, 50 years, um, and working beside them, and I'm learning a lot of knowledge from them um, in, you know, looking after country. Um, Yaleri is um, a beautiful country that we, um, well, I grew up on um, around that area, and most of us... um, People um, belong to that country, and you know we have got a lot of sites on that country, um, men's sites, um, heritage sites, and 
Yeah, and it's, it's too it's too precious to be mining on that country because you know all countries are beautiful, and we are the people we need to protect all that. Yes, we do have a beautiful songline through our country. Um, yeah, and it's important to um, keep all that and document all those areas um, out on country because you know never know what will happen and whoever's um, speaking for that country is um, you know we got to protect it and you know just work beside people and you know this and because we the only people um, will speak about country and and we do have a lot of kids out on the walk and out on country and they are the next generation to look after country. Um, it's never sort of kicked in because it's an everyday sort of um, issue um, what we do but we're still going to fight, not fight, um, still feel go strong on our, on our campaigns and what we do and you know, until till until the end, and people just hopefully um, Chemico and other mining companies give up on us. been listening to the radioactive show we featured a clip from a show of each rad show producer in 2019 from the top these were my interview with Catherine pete of network waitangi or tutahi lavanya's recording of auntie sue coleman hasseldine michaela's i mark show featuring ned hargraves who'd traveled to a forum in melbourne from uendamu mara's interview with regina mckenzie and K.A.'s interview with Vicky Abdullah following her win of the ACF Rawlinson Award alongside Vicky's two aunties. Thank you to everyone who has trusted us to share their voice and story this year. And go Radioactive Show team. What an amazing year of recording and interviewing. All our shows and others can be found as podcasts on the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. Music in today's show has been Solid Rock by Yothu Yindi and the Treaty Project. Over the summer, we'll be playing carefully chosen repeats until our return with fresh material in February 2020. The radioactive show is produced for 3CR Radio on Wurundjeri Country in Fitzroy, Melbourne. We pay our respects We pay our respects to Wurundjeri, whose sovereignty has never been ceded. The show is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network and thanks to the ACE Collective of Friends of the Earth Melbourne for their support of our show. Listeners and supporters, thank you for tuning in and spreading the word. I'm Emma Crunch and here's to our nuclear-free future. (laughs) 